informative, entertaining, and predictably unpredictable. Along with some good advice from your Uncle Jim. This is the Jim Villanucci Show on 96.3 News Radio KKOB. All right, we'll uh, see how this goes. We're going to have a uh, debate day today. Got a bunch of debate topics ripped from the headlines. Yeah. See if we can get uh, people on both sides. I'm going to start with this one because it is a uh, a personal topic with uh, Jay, and he'll explain. Uh, Should parents or adults be charged for failing to keep their guns locked up? There's a California city that is now requiring all gun owners to lock or disable their guns while they're at home. Here's random internet dude with his opinion, and then uh, we'll get uh, Jay's story as well. Gun owners in Dublin, California will soon be required to store their firearms inside of a locked container or keep it disabled with a trigger lock while inside their home after the city council unanimously approved the new ordinance. I get it. The idea of a kid finding a loaded gun and accidentally shooting themselves and or others terrifies people, and it terrifies me. So I'm not against safely storing your gun however you see fit based on your particular circumstance. Hell, I sell my own branded version of a gun safe on my online store, so I get it. No one wants to see kids get hurt from accidental shootings. But mandating that every single person with a gun in their home have it locked up is going way too far. And honestly, will do more bad than it does good because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Do these people realize how fast self-defense situations actually happen? According to the FBI, the average self-defense shooting happens in three seconds. I know people who woke up with a home invader in their bedroom. A gun locked in a box would hurt them, not help them. On the- All right, and uh, he goes on. Um, oh, he infuriates me. No, I understand. He, and I, like that guy infuriates me. I'm very passionate about this. It wasn't like, wasn't my intention. No, no, no. It's it's fine because I I I enjoy getting into debates. With I know you do. Who think that it's okay to have an unlocked firearm in their house if they have kids in there? You want to tell your story? Sure. Today is the day. Today is uh, would have been my son's uh, 18th birthday. His name was Michael, and uh, man, I'm trying not to cry. Um, he was killed by an unlocked gun. He got in trouble at school. Okay. And his mom, his well, actually his aunt had called and said, why don't you bring Michael over to my house so he's not at home by himself? And his mom said, no, he's not going to go to your house and just hang out with his aunt all day. No, he can stay at home by himself. Well, uh, <clears throat> she had a loaded... Uh, snub nose 32 that was unlocked and my son was on instagram with his friends you know when you're 12 13 14 years old you do stupid things you go through your parents drawers and try and see if you can find anything that embarrasses them and he went through he was going through the drawers and he opened up a drawer and inside was this gun and so my son picked it up and i his friends were telling him this is all on Instagram live and his friends were telling me later on that they were like hey Michael you know you really shouldn't play with that and the the crazy thing before I even keep going is that my son didn't even like he was on Instagram live playing with a gun yeah he had picked it up and his friends told me later on that they were like hey Michael you shouldn't play with that you you don't know if so on Instagram you can broadcast live video yeah okay and so 
not everybody's hip to IG. You know? Sorry. That's all right. And <clears throat> the crazy thing is, is he didn't even like playing, like, Call of Duty video games. Any type of shooting video game. He wasn't into that. Okay. And um, he sat down at the table, the kitchen table, and had a gun. Had, 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 had his mom's loaded, unlocked gun. And he heard a car pull up. And he thought it was his mom's new husband. And he said, oh, I think this guy is home. I don't want to say his name. And he went to put the gun down, and his elbow hit the table. The gun went off and shot my son in the side of the head. And he died. He was on life support for uh, five days. Okay. So four, four years ago today, approximately. He... Well, no, in March it was four years. Today is his birthday. Oh, today's his yeah, 18th he, birthday. Yeah, okay. He, he, okay. Would have been, he would have been 18 years old. And, and you know, I really want you to play that clip again because that guy. Oh, I will. The guy to me, it's it's somebody that is so out of touch with reality that has absolutely zero connection to somebody who has lost a child that could have been prevented. And for him to say that, you know, all that rhetoric about oh, it's we're paving our way to hell. No, no, no. If you are a gun owner, I lost my son, my baby, to to gun violence. But because of irresponsible gun ownership, I'm not against gun ownership. I'm against irresponsible gun ownership. Right. If you don't have kids in your house, yeah, I don't think you need to have a gun lock. But if you have kids in your house, you absolutely should have a gun now, lock. Now, to, to be fair, obviously you have an emotional connection to this, and I get it. Before this tragedy, and uh, Jay's screening some calls right now, so before, no, it's good. Uh, before this tragedy... Did you have an opinion on this, if somebody had asked you about it? Because this gentleman in the video, his name's Colin Noir. He's with Defund Gun Control. At least that's what it says on his hoodie. He's a black guy. Don't know why that matters, but I'm just looking at him. Um, He says, if you wake up in the middle of the night and there's an intruder in your bedroom, having your gun in a safe or a box or trigger lock or whatever, it's useless at that point. That's his point. He also says the idea of a kid getting a gun and hurting himself terrifies him. Oh, it doesn't terrify him that much, obviously. Okay. Before this happened, did you have an opinion, or is it just... It never crossed my mind. Never crossed your mind. Okay, that's fine. It never crossed my mind. As a matter of fact, my ex-wife had a gun, and... I'll be honest. We we didn't have a we didn't have it locked. We had it up on the very top before shelf this happened. Before before okay. this happened, and we never had the gun locked. But what I've found out over the years is that I mean I think having to keep your gun in a safe I I, I think that might be going too far. But you can absolutely keep a, a trigger lock on there. I, I just, I mean, I think people who say, oh, well, you're just trying to take away my rights. You know, go to hell. I think that's a bunch of BS, man. Nobody's trying to, we're trying to keep our kids alive. Okay, now, so whose gun was this? Your, your. Uh, it was my kid's mom. She got remarried. Okay. We was were it just the... dating. We, had, we were never married. Okay. Had two kids. Her new husband? Or... Her new husband. She, when, when we was were his together, gun? He bought it for her. Okay, so it was their gun. Their gun. Okay. No charges. All right, all right. Now, what do you think should have happened to these people? I think both of them should have went to prison. For for what? 
killing for, for killing my kid. Okay, they, they killed my. To be kid. fair, they didn't kill him. They failed to lock up a gun. For failing to lock up a gun, how long should you go to prison? I'm going to leave that up to a judge. Six years, three years. No, I think it should be be at least five years. If you were so okay. irresponsible that you leave a loaded gun out and that kid picks it up and kills himself or accidentally kills somebody else, you are the parent. You are responsible for that. All right. Uh, we like, have a. Can I just say this, Jim? Yeah, go ahead. How is it that we hold parents responsible for kids not going to school, but yet we don't hold parents responsible for kids killing themselves with their parents' guns? That's garbage. Now, what if the kid had grabbed the car keys out of the drawer and uh, drove the car and killed himself. Same thing? I mean, no, well, no, I, do we I have mean, to lock up everything? No, 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 because I think... I th- I think that's the, see now we're now we're playing semantics with things okay. because you can't compare you're comparing apples to oranges. I don't know if I am, but I mean if a kid steals a um if a kid steals a car, that's one thing. Okay. But California law from what I understand, and this is where my son passed away was that even if you lock your gun up and your key and your kid finds the key, you're still culpable. All right, what if your kid gets into your unlocked prescription medication and ODs? I think again, I think I think you have to com- take each individual case. You cannot compare one thing to the other because all it does is incite people and go, well, yeah, my kid, why should I be charged? Because my kid got into my medication. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about parents. Now, I think it'd be different if they had a gun lock on there and then the kid somehow opened it up or took it off. I think that would be different. All right. I think we have the foundation uh, for the debate here. If you want to, uh, let's try and get a couple people on each side. Frank's on hold. We've got three lines open. Uh, 243 3333. Call in, text, use the area code 505 243 TJ Trond here, and Monday, GOP candidate for Governor Jay Block, and then former Mayor Marty Chavez at 5. Show starts at 3 at 963 News Radio, KKOB. All right, uh, we're going to have a series of uh, debate topics today. Uh, we're starting with this California City is now requiring all gun owners to lock guns or disable them uh, while at home. Uh, Jay lost a son to unlock gun uh, in, in California, ironically. Uh, here's a little more from this guy who you aren't too happy with. People who will end up having to use their firearm for home defense. If people with kids want to lock their guns up in a gun safe or disable them, they have every right to. And if other people with kids choose not to and instead prefer to teach their kids firearm safety, they have every right to. But it should be a decision they make on their own. And not- right. So just to address that, we tried to get my son to go to the shooting range. We tried. He had absolutely zero interest in Guns it. weren't his thing. This is the, he, that's why when I found out that, that this happened... It's it's so mind boggling because you he my son was the last person I would have ever thought picked up a gun ever. And so for this guy to say that, oh, well, just you're so out of touch. Oh, just teach your kids gun safety. Guess what? If your kid doesn't want to learn it and doesn't care, they're not going to learn it. No matter how much you think you can say that, that that's just a bunch of BS. And even if you do teach them gun safety, there's no 
What if the gun guarantee a, that it's going to take? Right. What if the gun has a hair trigger uh, trigger on it, yeah. and he picks it up, and the gun goes off and kills his brother or his sister or himself? You know, I feel funny playing devil's advocate on this because of your tragedy. No, no, no. But I, I think I think it's somebody has to. to. Yeah, I absolutely think it's important. Okay. I, I like to talk about this. Yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Uh, I've cried a couple times this morning already, but. You know, it's it's one of those things that I think is very, very important to talk about. I think it might be going too far to say, hey, listen, if you don't have kids in your house, you have to keep your gun locked up. I, I think that's too far. But I think if you do have kids in your house, my son was 13. He, he but why should just, 100% and be alive Frank and today. Ethan, I appreciate your patience. Two lines open, 243-3333. Why just guns? Why not prescription medication? Why because not we're car talking keys? about guns. What about, you know, Drano under the sink? What about well, anything? In, in fairness, they've already put locks on those. Sure, a kid can should try and figure it out, but, I mean, those Eric are... Eric Clapton have gone to prison because he didn't have window locks on his high-rise apartment. I mean, where do you... Where where are we going to go with this? I think that if if someone is trying to compare one situation to another, it's not really fair because you're talking about this. I I think it's a very political thing to go, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, no, no, no. Forget that. We're talking about this. This is what we're talking about. Okay, so no whataboutism. I I don't believe in it. All right. Uh, Frank, you're on KKOB. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Jay, I want to say sorry for your tragedy. And I'm going to go with I agree and I disagree, and let me tell you why. I think uh, parents should be uh, responsible for anything that goes on in the home, whether it be a gun, drugs, alcohol, you name it, okay? But I think on the other uh, side of the coin, you have people, regardless of the situation, kids at home or not, I think they have a right to choose. But, again, like I said, I I agree with you, there's got to be something that people need to do to parents, irresponsible parents that leave their gun unattended or anything else. So I agree or disagree. I don't know if I'm answering your question. I see where you're coming from. I mean, how I look at it is, would it be responsible? Like, I think that, Jim, you or me or any other other American should be able to have a, I think, you should be able to own a, a fully automatic machine gun. But I don't think if you have a 10-year-old at your house that you have the right to have a loaded, fully automatic machine gun at your front door. I, I think that's crazy. I think you should be able to own it, but I don't think if you have children in the house that, that you should be allowed to keep a fully automatic, unlocked, and that's the key word here, unlocked gun at your front door where your kid could grab it and accidentally kill himself like what happened to my son. Do you still uh, have a relationship with these people? Um, I've talked to her once, and um, she blamed me. She said it was my fault. Your, yeah, well, she said it was my fault because I moved to New Mexico from California for a job. That figures. Yeah. So. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Ethan. Well, like Frank, I want to extend condolences to Jay. That's an absolutely tragic story. Um, I think that I mean, as a gun owner myself, I keep loaded guns in the house. I do not keep any kind of lock on them or any, anything like that, but I don't have kids. Okay. So 
it's just me, you know, I don't, and I, I, or a lady friend that's over. It's, I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, a nine-year-old that might find something that they're not supposed to find. I think that parents should, if they have kids in the house and they have loaded guns, they should have a tr trigger lock on their guns or maybe keep the magazine uh, stored in a different place than the gun itself so that the gun is basically inert without that magazine and a round in the chamber. Um, where I start getting a little uneasy is in the idea of um, a law that would punish the parents if a child finds a gun that's unloaded and, and something happens like happened to Jay's son. I just don't see how you would be able to administer that consistently. Um, like, for example, what if you had open, what if you had liquor bottles in the house, you know, scotch or vodka or whatever, and your kid is like, hey, what's this? And, and they suffer alcohol poisoning and die. I mean, is the parent held responsible for that? And I know Jay will say that's whataboutism, but but that's context. In the law, that's context. Yeah, no, I mean, in the in the eyes of the law, there has to be some foundation for for why that law is applied. And if it's and if if the parent is being irresponsible with guns and goes to jail, then they have to be held accountable if they keep liquor in the house and the kid drinks himself to death or. You know, some of the other examples that you gave, Jim, were pretty good. I like the liquor one because you have to be an adult age to own that, to buy that. So, you know, a kid is not supposed to be able to get in that. But, um, yeah, that and, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, if they were to pass that kind of a law that would punish an adult, a parent, who is keeping their gun unloaded, uh, loaded in a house with children, how on earth would they enforce that until the, the kid actually dies, right? I mean... How are they going to send an agent to every house and make sure that a parent has their gun that is loaded with a trigger lock Well, on do it? you remember, I don't know if this is still a thing, but do you remember when you signed up for a, a new doctor and part of the questionnaire, health questionnaire was, do you keep guns in the house? Oh, wow. I don't remember that myself, Jim, but other people may, may have that, uh, you know, may have had that experience. That's a pretty intrusive question, but uh, because remember the, the other thing I wanted the last thing I'll mention, Jim, I'll let you go. Uh, one thing that makes guns, uh, you know, kind of in a special class is is that guns are a constitutionally protected item. You have a right to have a gun, and uh, that's different from some other things that we've been talking about. So, I feel like uh, you know, law that would punish the parents. Uh, in that situation, I, I just don't think it could be work. I'm not for it, although I fully sympathize with, with Jay's uh, experience. I think parents just have to be uber extra, super careful with their loaded firearms. Find a way to get a trigger lock. Keep the magazines apart from the gun. Uh, educate your kids about it. Uh, that's maybe the best we can do. By the way, 50, yeah. 54 children died last year from... Um, alcohol poisoning. Okay. Over 1,300 died from parents leaving unlocked guns. That's just here in the U.S. How many died from prescription medication? I'll look that up. Uh, or alcohol. Tom, you're on uh, KKOB. Hello. Hi. I mean, I think it's totally reasonable to, to require somebody to lock up their guns with kids in the house. I mean, it's, you know, it's not an enforcement thing until something actually happens in the same way that you know, nobody's coming to check if you're wearing a seatbelt either. But if you get pulled over, that's when it matters. And so it's not unreasonable. It's really not. A lot of these mass shootings, if the guns were locked up, I mean, maybe that gives us a little bit more time maybe, or maybe they don't access them. 
period. It's, you know, it's really not unreasonable. I don't think it's a big deal, you know, a law that requires you to lock up your gun. So what? You know, there's not, there's not going to be the gun police knocking on your house. It's just if something happens, you know, you're on the hook for it. That's basically it. I agree. All right. Uh, we'll continue with this. Uh, let me talk about Rick, the mortgage grandfather. My new sponsor has been in the building and loan business since 1976. And at time, he's helped thousands of folks realize the American dream of owning a home, and he wants to help you, too. Get a free quote at whatsyourrate.com. That's what's you are rate.com or give them a call and let them help you with your mortgage 505 easy nexa that's 505 easy nexa or go to the website themortgagegrandfather.com close on a new home or refi in two to three weeks currently averaging 15 days rick the mortgage grandfather.com from Teharis to taos this is 96.3 news radio kkob all right, there are some municipalities requiring all gun owners to lock guns up or disable them uh, while at home. Uh, Jay lost a uh, child to an unlocked gun, and uh, that's what we're talking about. If they spend more time focused on teaching firearm safety in a country with over 400 million guns in it, those accidental gun deaths at bare minimum would be cut in half. Because I'm pretty sure a lot of these accidents are happening in homes with people who are new to guns or ignorant about guns beyond simply owning them. Whereas the gun community has been fanatical about trying to teach gun safety to not only adults, but kids. Now you have some stats on other child deaths. Can I just address that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. First off. I'm not taking advice from anybody who says maybe, probably. No, show me your facts. This guy infuriates me as a parent who lost a child. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I don't want pretty sure from you. I I don't want that. I want my kid alive. That's why I I would give anything to be able to hug my son again. Anything in the world. And for some guy to sit here and go, oh, I'm pretty sure these are new gun owners. Hey, guess what? Her husband in the military for 15 years. Not a new gun owner. All right. What are the other stats that uh, we found here? Sorry, Jim. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so when it comes to household chemicals, because if we're talking about the the what it, yeah, the what ifs, three hundred and seventy four children in the United States um, died from household chemicals. Excuse me, let me reread this. Every day, 374 children in the United States ages 0 to 19 are treated in an emergency room. So every day, two children die okay. in America. So 700-ish. Yeah. What uh, about uh, alcohol and drugs? 70,000. But that's all overdoses. That's, that's all anybody under the age of 21. That's, that's not, I found my parents' medicine overdose. That's right. just... But if you think about it. Parents' medication, your medication, your Vicodin, your whatever medication your com- that that it comes in, it has a lock on it. It has a lock on it. I mean, is a is a child cap going to stop a fourteen year old? Well, maybe. I mean, I'd rather have something than nothing. But you are not for passing laws on this other stuff. <laughs> I, I think if you're, I, 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 whoever the guy was that had just called in. Just the guns. Yeah, I, I I think what he said was, listen, no one's coming knocking on your door saying, hey, we want to make sure you have locks on it. No, no, no. You you just need to face the music. If you choose to not 
protect your children by keeping a loaded machine gun at your front door and, and it fell over and killed your kid? I understand you're going through a lot. Trust me, as a parent who lost a kid, I understand what you're going through. But you should face you should face the music. Because of your irresponsibility, your child is not alive. My child is not alive because of irresponsibility. And I'm not against gun ownership. I'm not against that. I'm against irresponsible gun ownership. All right. Somebody explain to me how it's responsible to keep a loaded handgun on, on in your nightstand and you have a twelve year old. All right, John, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey John. Well, well, it, well, it is illogical, and I think it can be it can be reasonable, and and like a lot of other things that we look at, that a lot of the freedoms we have, it, they're very emotional, and we we just live in a day and age where people want to get their opinion out, but don't want to listen to and find a balance with other things as well. There, there's got to be some realization here that well, you could lock up your gun. Well, what if your kid breaks the lock? Then what? Is that okay? Does that make it different then? Then there's no account of is does the parent still get held accountable for that? If that's the case, what about driving? You know, you go to like, the education thing. I look, I'm, f- I'm fine. You know, a law that puts parents accountable for something that happens. I understand that. Yeah, and if it was an irresponsible and they leave it out, I I, I believe that. But I, I most gun owners I know aren't like that, and if they are. I, I just can't see what they're thinking. So I think that's more the uh, exception than it is the norm on that. Is it dangerous think, to have a gun locked when someone's in your house and you have three seconds to, to act? Well, th- there you go. Right. I, I don't know what the right answer, perfect answer, because it's, it's emotional. There's not a perfect answer to this. There needs to be laws. But we got laws on drugs. We got laws on alcohol. We got laws on driving every morning when I drive to work. There's people going 80, 90 miles an hour in a 40. And these are like responsible adults that just do stupid things. So I I don't know how many restrictions you can put on society and say, well, is this, and then scratch your head afterwards when something happens and say, well, is this the answer? Yeah, I mean, again, it can be reasonable. It doesn't have to be extreme measures on anything right and which i don't think anybody's really saying so a law is fine but what you know but then what happens if if that's the case like if it's locked up i think we're reactionary gets into it i think we're reactionary you know we had the balloon tragedy yesterday and we've had you know in the last 40 years we've had a a, a couple dozen deaths not even uh less than 20 deaths and people were well-intentioned people were saying, well, geez, maybe balloons have to have uh, parachutes or airbags. Right. Or Well, the road to hell is always paved with yeah. good intentions. I mean, it's, and that's, so. like I said, there's never, a, there's never an absolute that this solves the problem. No, it doesn't. So somebody's still going to lose a child, unfortunately, because, you know, it's, it's curiosity. But nothing wrong, you know, the NRA for years did education about guns, and so that was not uncommon. But for some reason now, it's about, well, let's pass laws, but let's not do education. That doesn't make any sense. Now, what happened to these people who you feel responsible that should be in prison for five years? Absolutely nothing. Okay. Was there an investigation? Was there... Well, so we called the district attorney's office and uh, at least 30 to 60 times. 
Uh, could not get a, a, a return phone call from anybody. Here, my son died. I can't get the district attorney's office to give me a phone call back when they. I finally, after, I don't know, in between 30 to 60 phone calls, I finally got a hold of a supervisor, like the head district attorney. This is in San Joaquin County in California. And uh, I tell her that I had talked to a uh, a detective who said that she, because a detective was the one who had called me and told me that they weren't going to press charges, that the district attorney's office, and I asked why. And she said they're citing some obscure law in California that if the parents, uh, if, if the parents are suffering and the parents have gone through such a tragedy, the that state, they don't prosecute. The state can choose not to prosecute. And I said, well, wait a second. No one has ever talked to me from the district attorney's office. That is not his dad. That is his stepdad. So how can you talk to her? And stepdad and say, oh, wait, we're not when I'm I'm dad. Explain that to me. She said, this is the head district attorney said, you know what? In my almost 40 years as a district attorney here in San Joaquin County, I have never once seen them use that law. I'm going to check into it and I'll be I'll get back in touch with you. I said, do you promise that you will call me back because I've called so many times and no one would return my phone call? She says, I'll call you back. Shocker. I've never been able to get her back on the phone mm. again. And they have connections, as far as I know, from what I understand, they have connections with, with, the, with the police and, and yeah. an authority in that area. Uh, Ray, you're on Kiki AB. Hello. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of make a comment on this. I just can't help but uh, think about the fact that Leaving a 13-year-old boy, along with a couple of other teenagers, all by themselves to supervise themselves and to call their own shots, is that really good judgment? Uh, I would think that it would certainly be to the, everyone's advantage to not leave their kids by themselves to make sure that there's some adult supervision at home when they are at home. All right. Now, leaving a 13-year-old alone is not unusual. Right. I had babysitters that were 13 when I was nine. Right. Then what the hell do they know that, you know, but that's another story. I I, I was home alone when I was 13, younger than 13. Yeah. I was fine. So, I don't know. What, uh, any, any final thoughts uh, on this before we go on to some other? You know, my dad, uh, you, I think you had mentioned the NRA. And so... After my son died, my my grand my son was really close with my dad, and my dad's a big gun owner. My brother's a huge gun owner, and my dad wrote the NRA a letter and said, "Hey, listen." Told the story about what happened, and uh, said, "I'd like to donate some gun locks to the, you know, to people in that in that community in California." That can't afford it. I'll I'll set it all up. I just want to know if you guys can supply the gun locks. And the NRA sent him a freaking bumper sticker back that said, sorry, we're, we can't help you. Send him a bumper sticker with a note that said, sorry, we can't help you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, how much money do they make? And you can't, you can't go out and buy. The thing that I found out, Jim, and just for every parent listening, if you go to a gun store... And you go in and say, hey, listen, I have a gun. I cannot afford a gun lock. 
They'll, most, they'll give you one. Most gun stores will figure out a way to give you one. It yeah. may not be the, the you know a, a five thousand dollar gun safe, right. but they'll most gun stores and the owners, they are responsible gun owners. So they want to help you become a responsible gun owner. Don't let what happened to my son happen to somebody in your family, because I'll tell you this, it. I mean, I, it was the most shocking thing that I've ever heard in my life that my son even picked up a gun. But on top of it, but what happened and the circumstances that could have been avoided. Don't become a statistic like my son is. All right. I was trying to find some uh, other topics that are in the headlines today that we could have uh, a debate on mm-hmm. on both sides. Uh, I found a really good website called Procon.org. It's a nonpartisan a website that gives pros and cons on uh, just about everything that uh, is in the news. Uh, anyway, uh, here is the uh, the next topic, and let's really try to screen the calls to get gotcha. a couple people on both sides uh, of this. Portland and Seattle are recording record high temperatures. They say Portland might hit 115, which is crazy. Uh, Lake Mead is down 140 feet. Is human activity primarily responsible for global climate change? Yes or no? And let's try and get, uh, we got four lines. Let's see if we can get two people on each side during the break. 505-243-3333. Call me now. This is New Mexico's number one radio station. 96.3 News Radio KKOB. Depend on it. Uh, Portland and Seattle are recording record high temperatures. They say Portland could hit 115 degrees. Lake Mead is down 140 feet from uh, its high level. Is uh, human activity primarily responsible for global climate change? Yes or no? Who do we have on the line, Jay? Absolutely no one, Jim. Nice. Uh, Procon.org is a uh, website that's supposedly nonpartisan that has uh, both sides of uh, of a bunch of issues that uh, are in the news that I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Good times, right? Uh, pro number one argument, overwhelming scientific consensus finds human activity primarily responsible for climate change. According to peer-reviewed studies, over 97% of climate scientists agree that human activity is extremely likely to be the cause of global climate change. Most scientific organizations also support this view. A prominent review of 12,000 studies on climate change found that only 0.7% explicitly rejected the idea. Uh, Con argument number one, many scientists disagree that human activity is the primary cause for global climate change. A report found more than 1,000 scientists who disagreed that humans are responsible for global climate change. The claim that 97% of scientists agree on the cause of global warming is inaccurate. Uh, Brad, uh, what side are you on? Are you in the middle? I'm right in the middle. You know, it's very possible that there's human effect, but we don't know. Uh, we don't. There's no way to know. There's the scientific community on this is so riddled with political political taintedness. That you, you can't, the science can't be trusted. But at the same time, you can't say that you know it, there is no effect because we just, we just don't know. All right, appreciate that, uh, Julian. You're on the air. Hello. 
Hi, Jim. Uh, thanks for the call. I, I think we're kind of uh, looking at this the wrong way. You know, we've been asking, is the climate changing? The question is, when has the climate not been changing? This planet has been in a state of flux uh, since its creation. Um, you know, the scientists tell us that the Earth is uh, about 4 billion years old. I've got no reason to doubt that. Uh, we've been studying, Wait, uh, science, we've been keeping you know, records. For I'm sorry, say that again. Years. Science says the Earth is 4 billion years old? About They say the Earth is about 4 billion yeah, years that's, old. Yeah, that's about right, 4, uh, four and a half. Have, yeah. Right. We've been uh, keeping what weather records for about 200 years. Uh, well, they that. say they say that during the past three thousand years, we've gone up or down five degrees Fahrenheit many times, and right now uh, we maybe warmed one point four to two Fahrenheit. Right, and, and my understanding is the biggest driver of climate on this planet is the sun. Uh, we have little influence over that. Um, well, it's the sun know, and and uh, the the, uh, uh, the the anomalies in the in the tilting and orbit of the Earth, I guess you know, pointing right. pointing towards the sun. Yeah, yeah. There's just uh, there's just a lot of things. I mean, a lot of this is just being used uh, as a political wedge, you know, to for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, yeah. To to say that that man is is the only thing driving the climate on this planet is. Uh, well, that's a fool's game because there's just so many things we don't know about about what's going on. You know, it's interesting. They, they, you know, we've had ice ages. You know, we had the glaciers that form Lake Erie, and you know, the the Great Lakes when you know land ice was was covering half the United States, and then they retreated. They say, you know, as as horrific as this may seem, this warming period that we're going through. Living through a warming period, way better than living through a uh, another ice age. I'm going to agree with right. you on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, The uh, ice ages were horrific for humans. Yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, we've seen the evidence of what that's done. And, uh, you know, we had uh, at one time, I think there was a lake covered most of or good portions of uh, Utah, Nevada, uh, what happened to that? Drained off? Did it evaporate? What's going on? But there's a lot of things we just don't know. We've we've just made the assumption, or a lot of people have made the assumption, that it's only man that drives the climate on this planet, and that's just uh, could be both. Could could be both. Yeah. Could be a little yeah. bit of both, which is frightening. I because I watched... if it's a little bit of both, then there's not. We're past the point of no return. There's nothing that can be done. I, I watched a documentary, and I, I can't remember the name. I, I don't know if it was they were in Iceland or it was somewhere way up north. But these scientists for years, since the 70s, had this giant tube that they stuck down inside this glacier. Right. And it, like it was miles and miles long. And they were... They had measure measuring marks on them, right? And since the seventies, that whole giant area that was once all ice has, I, I think, lost three hundred feet. Yeah. That may not seem like a lot, but when you're talking, it's a mile deep. Sure. And now it's it's retracted. You know, three hundred feet. Well, there's a couple issues. There's a huge. there's a couple issues here. The the warming is is dangerous just in itself, but warming that loses land ice 
and melts the land-based glaciers, and temperature in itself will, will expand the ocean water a little bit. But the rise in sea level is, uh, is going to be very uh, detrimental to coastal communities. You know, if, if, the, if the projections uh, are true. Let's see, pro-argument number two, rising levels of human-produced gases released into the atmosphere create a greenhouse effect that traps heat and causes global warming. Con-argument number two, Earth's climate has always warmed and cooled, and the 20th century rise in global temperature is within the bounds of natural temperature fluctuations over the past 3,000 years. Uh, Pro-argument number three, the rise in atmospheric CO2 over the last century century was clearly caused by human activity as it occurred at a rate much faster than natural climate changes could produce. Con-argument number three, rising levels of atmospheric CO2 did not necessarily cause global warming. Earth's climate record showed that warming has preceded, not followed, uh, a rise in CO2. Uh, Albert, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, I agree with the gentleman that said earlier that uh, climate change is going to change and not, nobody can do anything about it. It's always been changing. And I think um, certain people are profiting from that, like Al Gore and the fraud that he was and the lies that he made uh, on all this when you have the evidence that disproves everything that he always says. He got in trouble from profiting off the oil companies and so forth. If he was such a czar on climate change, he wanted to uh, use both sides. So I think it's a fraud. I think people are making money from it. We breathe carbon dioxide. Trees need it to survive, to thrive. I think people are just making money from it, and it's a fraud. All right. Uh, we will continue. Got some other uh, debates uh, to get to on the other side. Informative, entertaining, and predictably unpredictable, along with some good advice from your Uncle Jim. This is the Jim Villanucci Show on 96.3 News Radio KKOD. All right, we are uh, having a debate day today. I was trying to find some debate topics uh, that are eh, mostly in the news or in our personal lives. Feel bad about like using your personal life for a topic, but no, you, <clears throat> I. I like talking about it. it it's okay. painful sometimes. I like talking about it, and I like having debates with people because I get emails from people. Uh, people go on my Instagram page, and they'll say, hey, you know what? I never even thought about having a gun lock, and I, I just was heard you talking about this, and I just want to say thank you because oh. now I'm on my way to go get a gun nice. lock. And you know what? If my, my story that, yeah, absolutely 100% sucks, Jim, if that can help save someone else's kid from accidentally killing themselves, then, then it's That's a good day. Yeah. So we uh, debate gun locks. We had a a debate on uh, global warming. How about this? Four years ago, there was a huge thunder in Congress over uh, labeling foods made with uh, GMO ingredients. The deadline for compliance with the USDA labeling regulations for GMO foods is the end of this year. So here's a debate topic. Are GMO foods safe? Yeah, I'm going to sound real stupid right now, Jim, but... Uh, you have no idea? Could, like, if it looks good and tastes good, I'm eating it. I don't care what's in it. I, not only do I think they're safe, I prefer them. What is it? What is it, though? 
Well, we'll get into it. Okay. But if you go back throughout history and you look at what corn used to, to look like <laughs> before it was modified. Like purple, right? If you've ever seen, uh, uh, yeah, little tiny purple corns. I mean, they, they looked ridiculous. Uh, if you've ever seen a, uh, a chicken, a, a natural chicken, mm-hmm. just skinny and scrawny. I find that the uh, that the foods, and I don't know what exactly that that they've done, but I have just in my my life, I found that compared to when we were kids, uh, tomatoes and apples and all kinds of food taste better. They keep longer. Yes, I remember when I was a kid. Apples would rot out in days. Right. Even in the, the fridge. Tomatoes would rot out. Uh, it, it just seems like whatever they're doing is working as far as I'm concerned. On a side note, stop selling hard avocados at Walmart. What's wrong with I you? Don't, I don't understand. Oh, God. I was crazy. I was in there the other day. I, I touched one. It felt like a bowling ball. It's the same with me. I had to buy a bag. How long do you have to wait? <laughs> I don't buy them. I just like, I don't I'll, either. I I'll, touch them and I go, hey. Yeah. I just okay. I'm gonna spend five bucks on the. I touch avocados. Block. Right. <laughs> uh, this is from Procon.org, and this, you know, hopefully we get people on both sides of this. Pro argument number one: genetically modified crops have been proven safe through testing and use, and can increase safety of common foods. Over the past thirty years of lab testing and fifteen years of field research. There has not been a single health risk associated with GMO consumption. Over 2,000 global studies have affirmed the safety of GM crops. Trillions of meals containing GMO ingredients have been eaten by humans over the past few decades, with zero verified cases of illness related to food being genetically altered. GM crops can be engineered to reduce natural allergens and toxins, making them safer and healthier. Con argument number one, genetically modified crops have not been proven safe for human consumption. Genetically modified ingredients are in 70 to 80% of foods eaten in the United States, even though there hasn't been any long-term clinical trials on humans to determine whether GMO foods are safe. Scientists still don't know what the long-term effects of significant GMO consumption could be. Hmm. All right. Uh, you know, the the other thing, we cannot feed 7 billion people w- without GMOs. It would be impossible. GMO crops lower the price of food and increase nutritional content, helping to alleviate world hunger. That is, uh, in fact, correct. If we didn't, look, if you are one of these people that wants everything to be au natural, and you want free-range chicken, you want your cows, you know, happy, your pigs happy. <laughs> You're against factory farming of all kind. If we didn't have 7 billion people on the planet, we could maybe do that. Yeah, but I look at it and go, listen. If but you, now we can't. I pay $1.29 for my chicken thighs per pound, right? Okay. If you want those free-range chickens... Them scrawny little... Scrawny little things. Listen, I don't care if my chicken looks like it takes steroids I, at Gold's Gym. I, I don't love, care as long I as it love tastes a, good. I love a big, juicy, roided-up chicken. Yes, absolutely. The World Food Program, a humanitarian organization, estimates that 821 million people are undernourished and one in nine face hunger. 
Population growth, climate change, overfarming, and water shortages all contribute to food scarcity. GMOs have, have addressed these problems with improving crop yields and helping farmers go, grow food in drought regions or on depleted soil, thereby lowering food prices and feeding more people. All right, uh, a couple lines open. GMOs, good or bad? Good. Uh, Frank says no. No, no, no. We still don't know what's the outcome of them. Just like who's the one that is profiting from these GMOs? Monsanto. Monsanto is the one that has to pay that billion-dollar lawsuit for Roundup. Come on, guys. The Franken fruit is not good for you. Organic is the best. It has to break down. It has to 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 start to go away. You go buy a tomato from Costco, and it's there on your shelf for a month, and exactly. then when you open it, it's starting it's starting to grow within itself. The hormones in meat. Come on, think about it, man. All right, thanks, Frank. Does it have mold though? Uh, no, no. Brendan, you're on KKOB. Hello. Hi. So just like with climate change, there's tons of political influence and money, corporate money involved in uh, scientific research, whatever, uh, to determine whether or not GMOs are safe. But in terms of, as a matter of practicality, uh, we don't see any uh, negative health effects, or at least nothing's obvious. Uh, and if there is health effects, we won't be able to tell uh, based on all the other, everything else around us that's bad for you. So generally, generally speaking, I, I think it's okay. It's probably just fine. All right. See what this guy has to say. This is from Prager U. All genetically modified organisms, all seven billion of us, and every other creature on Earth produced by sexual reproduction. I point this out because genetically modified has become a loaded term that is misused to describe recombinant DNA biotechnology, one of the most important technological advances in the 10,000-year history of agriculture. Throw in bogus Hollywood-inspired terms like Frankenfoods, killer tomatoes, and terminator seeds, and you have the makings of one of the most groundless anti-science campaigns in the history of anti-science campaigns. We have been modifying the genetics of plants and animals since agriculture and the domestication of animals began. The anti-GMO activists counter, nature never moves DNA from one species to another, therefore GMOs are unnatural. Not so. Genes have been moving across species boundaries since life began. Bacteria routinely carry fragments of DNA from one species to another, and that DNA is sometimes incorporated into the genes of the host species. This random movement of genetic material has been one of the driving forces in the development of species. The human genome, for example, has 70% of its genes in common with the sea urchin. Why wouldn't we harness this naturally occurring phenomenon to improve the makeup of our food and fiber crops? Today, 18 million farmers in 28 countries are growing genetically modified crops on 448 million acres, 12% of the world's farmland, or about the same area as all U.S. cropland. It would be at least three times that, if not for bans and restrictions in many countries. Bans and restrictions that are irrational, anti-science, and terribly harmful to the world's poor. 
Every credible science, health, and nutrition organization in the world says the genetically modified food available today is safe, without reservation. This includes the World Health Organization, the European Commission, and the Society for Toxicology. How many people know, for example, that the durum wheat used to make most of our pasta had its DNA modified by exposing seeds to high-level gamma radiation, and there is no labeling required. But what about those supposedly evil seed companies like Monsanto? Aren't they trying to control the world's food supply? First, let's remember, these companies are not weapons manufacturers or drug cartels. They're trying to make better seeds for agriculture. Second, the seed companies don't decide which seeds to plant. Farmers make that decision. The fact is, these companies have done massive good. Millions of people have nutritious food to eat thanks to their innovative work, work that has also reduced the use of pesticides. All right, you get the idea. Monsanto, feeding the world, Jay. Never even heard of them. Yeah. All right. <laughs> GMOs, good or bad, uh, we will continue move on to some other debate topics as well. Kind of different thing today. It's fun. Mm-hmm. TJ Trout here and Monday, GOP candidate for Governor Jay Block and then former Mayor Marty Chavez at 5. Show starts at 3 at 96.3 News Radio, KKOB. All right. Uh, so, uh, gun locks, global warming, GMOs. Just throwing out some uh, various debate topics today. There's a website called procon.org that has pros and cons for uh, just about everything you could argue about. Here's one. Jay, is the internet making us stupid? Not me. Yes or no? Not you. Mm, makes me smart. Okay. That's how I win in cruise ship Jeopardy every time I could take a cruise. Pro number one, the speed and ubiquity of the internet is different from previous breakthrough technologies and is reprogramming our brains for the worse. The internet has reduced our ability to focus change how our memory functions, promoted skimming text over deep critical reading, which also promotes dangerous false information, and change how we interact with people. Is any of that true? No. Are you able to concentrate? Focus? I have ADHD, but... Do you I jump didn't. around? Do you get on the internet and go down rabbit holes and yes, jump absolutely. all over the place? Yeah, it's better than going out to the bar and blowing a bunch of money. All right. Con number one, virtually all new technologies, the Internet included, have been feared, and those fears have been largely unfounded. Many technologies considered commonplace today were thought to be extremely dangerous upon their invention. For example, trains caused worry among some that women's bodies were not designed to go 50 miles an hour and that their uteruses would fly out of their bodies (laughs) as they accelerated to that speed. Others feared that bodies, regardless of gender, would simply melt at such high speed. At 50 miles an hour. Greek philosopher Socrates was afraid that writing would transplant knowledge and memory. The printing press created a confusing and harmful abundance of books that, according to philosophers, might lead to a fall back into barbarism. Similarly, the newspaper was going to socially isolate people as they read news alone instead of gathering at the church to get information. The telegraph was too fast for the truth, Jay, Hmm. and its constant diffusion of statements and snippets was bemoaned. 
The telephone was feared to create a race of left-eared people, that is, people who hear better with the left than their right ear, whatever. Uh, The radio was too loud and unnecessary noise, and children had developed the habit of dividing attention between the humdum preparation of their school assignments and the compelling excitement of the loudspeaker. Television was going to be the downfall of radio conversation, reading, and family life. Calculators were going to destroy kids' grasp of math concepts. The VCR was going to end the film industry. It's it's like QAnon has been around for a long time, huh? Yeah. (laughs) IQ scores have been falling for decades, coinciding with the rise of technology, including the Internet. Or the Internet gives diverse populations of people more equal access to information. I agree with that one. I think the Internet has the ability to make people smarter. I think it's made me smarter. But I do think that, depending on what group you belong to, it may have... This is going to sound horrible. It may have the ability to make people stupid. Well, here's the thing. If you're stupid in life, you're just stupid, and the Internet isn't going to make it worse or better. You're just dumb. Like I fall into that category. I'm just dumb. So I I appreciate the Internet because I can look something up and then sound intelligent. Sure. That's what I do. Yeah, it's a facade. So you're reading an article online when you get an instant message with a link to a funny photo, which of course you have to share. And now you're reading your Facebook news wall, which sends you to a video of a panda bear attacking a kid. And now you're reading Wikipedia to learn everything you can about the violent behavior of panda bears. And this is what three minutes on the internet can be like. We live like this all the time, and it has to have some kind of effect on us. The net is making us more superficial as thinkers. That is Nicholas Carr. He is the author of The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. To understand this whole thing better, we need to go way back in time to, say, like, the prehistoric age. You wanted to know everything going on around you because the more you knew about your surroundings, the less likely you were to get attacked by a predator. And there's even evidence that our brains release some dopamine, pleasure-producing neurotransmitter chemical, to reward us for seeking out and finding new information. So getting distracted felt good and helped us stay alive. But the problem is that nowadays, predators aren't much of an issue, but we still have the same brains. And also, there's the internet, which is... It's an incredibly information-rich environment uh, that the net creates for us, and that's why we use it so much. I I mean, sounds, pictures, words, text. And what this tends to do is is promote a sort of compulsive behavior in which we're constantly checking our smartphone, constantly glancing at our email inbox. We're kind of living in this perpetual state of distraction and interruption. Which is dangerous because... That mode of thinking crowds out the more contemplative, calmer modes of thinking. And that focused, calm thinking is actually how we learn. All right, do you have friends or relatives that have been made stupider by the Internet? No, they're just dumb in general. Okay, so you're just saying if you're dumb, you're dumb. the Internet's going to keep you dumb. If you're smart, it's, it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, that's... How unfun is that guy that was talking? Could you imagine having to spend a weekend at his house? No, thanks. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, somebody mentioned Al Gore. Yeah. A a while back. Uh, Al Gore has uh, not been seen much lately. 
but he was on CNN this morning. Now the U.S. Supreme Court has spoken. Let there be no doubt. While I strongly disagree with the court's decision, I accept it. I accept the finality of this outcome, which will be ratified next Monday in the Electoral College. And tonight, for the sake of our unity as a people and the strength of our democracy, I offer my concession. So that was then-Vice President Al Gore nearly 21 years ago putting country over party and putting the democratic process over his personal desire to be in the White House. A stark contrast from what we saw play out with President Donald Trump after his much more decisive 2020 defeat. The former vice president is back with us now. So if you would take a listen to what Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney said recently about that historic moment. When I think about 2000, think about sitting on the inaugural platform in January of 2001, watching Al Gore. Of course, you know, we had won. I'm sure he didn't think he had lost. Mm -hmm. We had fought this politically very, very intense battle, and he conceded. He did the right thing for this nation. Mr. Vice President, what was going through your mind when you conceded? Well, first of all, I want to uh, express my uh, gratitude and admiration for Liz Cheney uh, on the issue that uh, she's become known for recently, and that is uh, standing up to the craziness uh, in her party. What was going through my mind is uh, what's going to be best for the country. There, there was no way to really uh, see playing it out in a way that would overturn the result. It would have gone to the House of Representatives and the constitutional procedures gave the other side the complete advantage. Uh, and, uh, you know, in some ways I'll uh, quote uh, Winston Churchill who said about Americans, uh, Americans generally do the right thing after first exhausting every available alternative. That's sort of the situation I was in. But uh, more seriously, uh, it was a question of what is right for the country. Uh, and, you, you know, uh, Pamela, uh, the refusal of the former president uh, to acknowledge that he lost by 7 million votes. It wasn't close, for God's sake. And apparently a majority of his party is still so enthralled to him that they still uh, believe that the American people did not make the judgment that they clearly made. Uh, this is very damaging to our democracy. I'm hoping that this craziness will fade over time. But we keep getting this nonsense, like this uh, foolish uh, exercise to, to, to bring in some uh, uh, cyber ninja group in Arizona to look for bamboo in the uh, ballots there. It's, it's absolutely nuts. We All right, uh, that was Al Gore on CNN uh, this morning making the outrageous claim that the former president lost by 7 million votes, which he says is a lot. You're going to tick some people off with that one, Jim. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying what he said. You know, I can't even talk to my brother because my brother is such a diehard Trump supporter. Mm -hmm. And my brother believes 100% that Donald Trump is the, the rightful president of the United States. He 100% believes that it's a big conspiracy theory. He 100% believes that Trump will be back in office to be the president and that Joe Biden will be removed. It's 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 absolutely it. I tell him sometimes, I go, bro, I just called to say hi. I don't care. I just I just called to say hi. Yeah. I don't understand it. 
Like I, I think it's it's so detrimental to how it was the snake. Hmm? It was the snake. And you know, when I came up tonight, I had so many people. They said, "Could you do us a favor? What? Could you talk the snake? You remember the snake? I used to- this was about. This was from last night in Ohio. To use it on occasion, not often. Does anybody want to hear the snake? You want to hear it? the snake? The snake. The snake. And this has to do with our border. Wasn't meant to be for the border. It was meant to be for other reasons. But this has to be really what's happening to our border. And so many people said, please, please, you're going to Ohio. I don't know the fact that I'm going to Ohio, why they want to talk about the snake. But it's because of immigration and it's because of the borders and because Ohio sees it far better than most, don't you, huh? You understand what's happening? All frosted with the dew. Poor thing, she cried. I'll take you in and I'll take care of you to the snake. Take me in, hotel. Anyway, he, he read this. Uh, I watched the rally last night. It was interesting. But he did read this long story about uh, about a snake. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think that, because I know there's like the hardcore Trump supporters, but do you think that President Trump really is doing a lot of damage to the Republican Party? Mm. Or is that something that you need more time to answer? No, I, I think that the people, whether it's Ron DeSantis or Tom Cotton or you know, Christy Nome or Mike Pence or Green, yeah, the the people who would like to run for president in twenty twenty four, who are already going to Iowa and New Hampshire and you know having pancake breakfasts with folks and kind of laying the groundwork for a twenty twenty four run, I think they would like to know at some point. If he's if he's in or out, and we're moving on, and if if we are moving on, is somebody like Ron DeSantis the kind of person that this audience uh, could could support? Because I don't I don't know if he's running again. If I if I, if you put a gun in my head and ask me to make a prediction, I would say he's not. Um, but who knows? We'll see. Maybe uh, he th- thinks he can get reelected for the third time. All right, 505-243-3333. We uh, have some more uh, debate topics uh, to, to get to, and uh, we can debate this. Uh, Al Gore says Trump lost by 7 million uh, votes. Do you believe that? You know, I heard an interesting theory just really quick. Yeah. That the, the McCarthy, what, what's his name, McCarthy? Oh, the, 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 the leader. leader the, yeah, yeah, the leader of the Republican Party. That he is considering putting, making Trump Speaker of the House because there is no law or rule that says that somebody in Congress has to become Speaker of the House. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But if that did happen, it's just an interesting theory because theoretically... If the Republicans won the House back, 
or the Senate back, they could put Trump in there, and then they would have the majority to yeah. to kick out Biden. Okay, and he's going to be reinstated in August, and I'm going to flap <laughs> flap my arms and fly to fantasy land, and monkeys are going to fly to my butt. Uh, Julie, you're on KKB. Hello. Hi. Hey, Julie. Um, well, uh, I do not think that uh, that Trump being out uh, at these rallies is going to hurt him. And I certainly don't hurt, think that it hurts the Republican Party. What it does is it brings people um, to the issues, and we hear his position, which is usually the best position, and it makes us stronger to have President Trump's strong voice. And I, for one, and I'm not the only one, but I'm for him 120%. All right, uh, we're late. Uh, we will continue. 505-243-3333. Albuquerque Station for News, Weather and Traffic. 96.3 News Radio KKOB. Depend on it. 39 minutes after the hour, Jim Villanucci along with Big J and you. You can call our Texas show at 505-243-3333. I have a comedian friend of mine who is celebrating his 20th anniversary in the business this August. And every once in a while, he likes to check in with us from the road. Uh, Kurt Fletcher, where are you today? Uh, Right now, I'm in Ankeny, Iowa. Wow, I think I played that town. Oh, really? I I remember Des Moines, uh, Iowa City, Council Bluffs. Ugh. A lot of uh, <laughs> bluffs is horrible. A lot of one-nighters that I care not to think about. If you want meth, uh, Council Bluffs is one of the worst towns ever. Oh, if you want meth, that's where you go. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so what? Uh, what is uh, life like on on the road these days? Who who are who are the? I don't even know. Are, are you, I'm assuming you know you're headlining sometimes by now since you've been doing this tw- twenty years, but. Have you worked? You would with, think so. You would think so, but you're you're not. <laughs> uh, who no, are, I, I I did headline a couple gigs this week at a couple bars, and uh, yeah, it's hard it's hard to get headline work at clubs since I don't have any TV credits. Who are but, the uh, Who are the the big name headliners that people might know that you've worked with lately, or that you've worked with over um, the recent years? Probably Jim Norton, uh, Kyle Kinane. Kyle is hilarious. Uh, yeah, he is brilliant. I'm assuming that Very he's fun. a he's a good dude to hang with. I hope I'm I hope I'm right about super, that. Super super nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. Yeah, and, you know everybody I've worked with pretty much in this business has been really cool. Like I haven't I haven't met too many people who have been rude to me at all. The only times that ever happened was that last back in the day. Yeah, that was me. Hey now, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, the the only. Uh, <laughs> Two people that were standoffish to me were uh, Jimmy Walker and uh, Rich Little. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm not. I'm not saying they were rude, but I'm just saying yeah. they weren't friendly either. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Know. Some guys are like that, you know. I, I just, I just stay out of their way, and then if they want to talk to me, they'll talk to me. That type of thing. Where are you? And where, where were you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kyle Canine was like that. He actually started a conversation with me. Right. Jim Norton was the same way. And uh, 
yeah, most most of the people you meet on the road are, are pretty cool, you know, because they started out the same way I did. You know, they're on the road all the time, you know, doing the same thing I'm doing, so. Where uh, where have you been uh, recently, and where are you headed? Um, I was in, uh, I've been in Fort Worth, I was in Austin, Oklahoma City, and Wichita, and then, uh, and then up in Iowa now, and then I'll be in Colorado most of July, and then uh, I'll be going to Reno, Nevada in August. Austin always was a great comedy town, is it still? It, yeah, it's probably even better than it was. Like, it's huge right now. People are people are moving from L.A. to go to Austin right now for some reason. Yeah, Joe like Rogan it's, uh, it's, moved yeah. there. Uh, yeah. A, a lot of comedians are, are, are relocating there. Denver, another great comedy town. Is that where you're headed? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to do some stuff in Denver. I lived in Denver for a few years, so I know a lot of people out there. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the better scenes I've seen. You it's, still? Uh, so much, so much talent there. Do you still like doing it? I love it. Even the, even the bad nights, you know, it still beats working in a kitchen somewhere, you know? So, <laughs> I understand. I understand. So you got your 20th anniversary coming up in August. You're going to have a, uh, a special show here in town that you're working on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't have all the details yet, but yeah, it's going to be August 5th. And uh, I'll have all the info on my website, funnyfletcher.com. All the info is going to be on there. Uh, tickets should be on sale pretty soon. So, uh, pretty excited about it. Well, let us know the details so we can promote it and uh, check in with us once in a while. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I appreciate you having me on today. All right, man. Be safe. Yeah. Tell- uh, I'm sorry. You said I hung up. I cut him off. You know him, right? A little bit? Yeah, I've known him for a long time. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. He used to come on. When I used to do a radio show, he used to come on my radio show back in the day. Yeah. I remember when he was brand new. Yeah. He's a funny dude. My first show was, I don't even want to say, 34 years ago? You were doing stand-up comedy? Yeah. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> oh, Jim! Like, do you know? I want to do stand-up comedy really bad, but yeah. So yeah. even though I've been in radio for twenty, a lot of people years break now. into the biz when they're forty-five years old. Right. Thanks. Thanks for throwing me. Hey out now, that, Jim. <laughs> thanks for just throwing me under the bus right now, Joe. But I'm afraid. I can talk to a million people on the radio. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. But if I get in front of a crowd, I, even if it's it, it doesn't matter the crowd size. Yeah. If it's three people or three thousand people. I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, crazy you, have, nervous. you have living room balls. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Studio balls is what I have. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have stage ball. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, all right. We'll have some uh, more debate topics uh, on the other side. Stay tuned. There's an app for that. Yeah, we know. For the best streaming experience, download the KKOB app in the iTunes or Google Play Store. 48 minutes after the hour, Jim Bellinucci along with Big J. So you mentioned that you had some, I don't know, friends or relatives that you find it uh, difficult to, uh, to to talk to anymore because of, uh, of, of politics. And I, I think oh, that's bad. something we've all uh, experienced. So what do you do? Do you just, are there some people that just aren't in your life anymore or no, do I you st- just... So we're not going to talk about this, or how do you handle it? it well, it depends on the person. So, like, my brother, I love my brother to death, but 
he's he has gotten so far out there on some of the stuff like he's he believes in all the QAnon stuff and you know not what is QAnon from what I understand it was a guy who started this named Q he accidentally was anonymous that's all I know about it well he accidentally was gave himself away when he was doing an interview recently Uh and I think you could google that and find out who he is but so he just makes up this stuff and my brother like he could say you know um, the world was ending in 24 hours so says President Trump, and my brother would believe it. Like he, he would just believe it. But I, it's gotten so. Hey, bad. This is what Wikipedia says: QAnon or Q is a conspiracy theory alleging a cabal of satanic, cannibalistic <laughs> pedophiles run a global child sex trafficking ring and conspired against the president during his term in office. Oh yeah, he thinks Nancy Pelosi is a. Um, a pedophile. He thinks um, President Biden's a pedophile. This is my brother. He yeah. thinks President Biden's a pedophile. Well, to be fair, Biden doesn't do a doesn't whole lot himself to help the, himself. But in, also in fairness, though, sniffing they take young a, girls' hair and, and stuff. But, but in fairness, they also take a lot of those pictures out of context. I understand. Biden is just awkward. I mean, I, I don't know how else to uh, how else to say it. He just he's just a, a, a strange uh, a strange awkward dude. But, yeah, he's not uh, certainly not helping himself. Uh, Albert wants to talk about Q. Hey, Albert, you're on the air. Hello. Albert, uh, yeah. Uh, QAnon is a CIA outfit run or uh, run by the uh, CIA, and all it's doing is getting the people to go against each other. They're laughing at us, keeping us confused, and they're just doing things behind closed doors. And we're just so stupid not to see it that we just argue with each other over Trump, and Trump's part of it. He he wants to he want all right, all right. Anybody else want to uh, explain uh, Q? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really your brother really believes this stuff. Jim, it's gotten so bad that if I call him, uh huh. Sometimes he just starts going off, and I, I've, after like 10 minutes, I had to interrupt him and say, listen, man, I called you to tell you hi and to see how my nieces and nephew were doing. Right. I didn't call you for this crap. Okay. And we got in an argument, and I hung up on him, and I didn't talk to him for a few weeks. Same thing with my mom and dad. They're, they're not as hardcore as, as my brother, but they think like President Trump can do no wrong, and that anytime anybody says anything negative about him, it's because... There's a conspiracy theory, and it's that President Trump is the most upstanding citizen in the world, and that he's never, ever, ever done one thing wrong. Hmm. QAnon, the biggest thing on the internet since that time Kim Kardashian's butt was thirsty. It has been all over the news, social media, and this weekend, QAnon supporters even held demonstrations in cities across America. But what is QAnon? Well, let's find out in another installment of our ongoing segment, If You Don't Know, Now You Know. If you know anything about QAnon, you've probably heard that it's a conspiracy theory. But the truth is, it's more like a political cult built around a conspiracy theory and then crossed with a big book of word search puzzles. And if that sounds complicated, well, wait till you hear what they believe in.
For believers, Q is an anonymous government official who posts classified information about a covert battle between the president and a malicious ring of celebrities, political elites, and the so-called deep state. This anonymous poster, Q, was giving secret clues about the coming quote, great awakening. The central theme here is that Hillary Clinton and many of the world's other politicians and celebrities are members of a murderous child sex ring. Hillary Clinton, Oprah Winfrey, Tom Hanks, and others eat children in order to extract a life-extending chemical from their blood group. They believe that a group of military generals recruited President Trump to break up this conspiracy and end their control of the government and the media. Donald Trump and the QAnon view is going to save us from this in a moment called the storm. His tweets are misspelled for a reason. When he does Kapeve and the smocking gun, it's all code for what he's telling us. Okay. All right. There is no way anybody can believe this. Okay. Tom Hanks eats children? Tom Hanks. Yes, Tom Hanks. He likes the Look, I could understand salty. Hillary Clinton, but Tom Hanks. It's like, how dare you attack Tom Hanks? Oh. All right. <laughs> I don't know how we got started on this, but here we are. Yeah, let's see where it goes. Good times. About five, two, four, three, a thirty-three, a thirty-three. Call or text. Is this Q? <laughs> it is. How'd you know? Well, I, I had a suspicion. Yeah. What, what's going yeah. on, D-Man? D- man, what's up? Uh, everybody's on to me lately, man. I'll have to go to uh, Q. What comes after Q? I'll have to go to that. I can't remember what it is. Q. I have to start at the beginning. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to <laughs> sing it. I can't do it without singing the song, you know? Yeah. Do we have enough time for me to start from A? A, B? Q, R. Probably not, huh? It's R. I believe it's R. Anyway, R-R. What what's up? Do you know any Q people? No, I just wanted to make a point. I just want to make a point though that uh, the the whatever the QAnon thing is and other things like it, it works, doesn't it? I don't know. Well, well, it well by definition it works because you're talking about it, it's, and it's motivating millions of people or hundreds of millions of people to one side or the other. So, so by definition it works. And then if it works, we're using math here. And then because it works. That means that for sure somebody is using those techniques because they work. So, okay, thanks for clearing that up, Tim. You're on Kiki OB. Hello. Yeah, real simple. Um, I'm not pro or con. I'm just for the truth. Um, Q anon. Okay, take the Q off it. What do you got? Oh, anonymous. Hmm. Bingo. There you go. Simply said, that's there ain't no more to it other than that. It's anonymous. It evolved out of the old anonymous, and they're anonymous. That's it. Just get rid of the Q, and you have it. Okay, but what are they doing, the anonymous people? Anonymous? They're doing the same thing they were doing before. It's just they're on the other side of the spectrum now. That's uh-huh. all. But they're the same thing. They're not. They're, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it to you. They are part of the... I don't know, the cabals, Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, secret society. They're a tool of them to, to herd the sheep in one direction. Then when a different administration gets in, they herd the sheep in the other direction. That's all. I don't believe nothing QAnon puts out. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to anything Anonymous put out. Hmm. Right. They're a subversive organization. All they are. All right. I hear you. All right. 
Yeah, go ahead. I want to, I'm going to send you this, okay, in the break, because I want you to play it. The guy who is Q uh-huh. accidentally revealed himself in an interview in a docuseries that aired in April. Yeah. And once he accidentally revealed himself, he realized it and tried to backtalk it. And I have the audio for you. I'll send it to you during the break. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't want this on my computer. <laughs> it's off Twitter. Okay. <laughs> It's pretty good, though. All right. Uh, we've got a couple people on uh, on hold there. See if you can uh, grab them real quick. I want whatever these people are smocking. I think that was going to happen. All right. Who is Q? Take away the Q. He's just anonymous. I don't know who that guy was. I do remember hearing about the uh, the other people, the Illuminati. That was a thing back in the 90s. Uh, Joe, you're on KKOB. Hello. Yeah, are you there? Yeah, hey, Joe. Yeah, it's a new word to explain why all the dancing is there. Dancing? It's called cum blah blah. I mean, everybody's like trying to hug trees or hug their own whatever, uh-huh. but... Um, at the end of the day, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. We're not trying to get together. We're not trying to find ways to find each other like in Kumbaya. Now we're going Kum blah, blah. All right. I, uh, I'm stupider after that call. I, I do know that. All right, we will continue. Mag. Informative, entertaining, and predictably unpredictable. Along with some good advice from your Uncle Jim. This is the Jim Villanucci Show on 96.3 News Radio KKOB. KKOB AM and FM Albuquerque. All right. Open topic rebuttal hour. You want to uh, call in and defend your honor from other callers? It's open topics. I didn't get a chance to uh, ask you, I mean, what what is there to say? Well, first of all, let's go back to the, hold that thought. Let's go back to the, the Q. You have a brother that's a QAnon guy. Yeah, unfortunately. So do you have, uh, I was asking the audience here, have you lost friends because of politics? Do you have QAnon-believing <laughs> friends? Um, and I was going to ask you, because you weren't here yesterday, and I don't know how much discussion to say about this but any thoughts on the balloon crash that was horrible yeah such a tragedy you know i uh <clears throat> i can say where i work so i i work here with you but then i also work over at a tv station in town right and um i was walking out of the control room at a little after seven yesterday morning and the lights started flickering and uh the news one of the guys that i work with said hey did you see that that was weird and i said yeah oh, that was really weird and then a few minutes later we started getting reports about the balloon it was um it's tragic man it's really sad yeah the uh fifth victim uh died um and uh a retired cop and his wife and a well-known balloon pilot and a couple other people i mean just yeah just just Tragic, but really, they uh, they they say uh, that uh, you know we've only had like what 
half a dozen half a dozen of these over the last forty years. It's not. I think in the metro, something uh, that happens a lot. Ten people have died in the last like thirty or forty years since the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brad, you're on KKOB. Hello. Hi. So I think I know who Q is. Okay. Q Q is either Putin or Xi Jinping. Okay. Because uh, effectively all it does is rip apart the social fabric of this country, and that is what the goal is of those two countries' leaders. I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think most people believe in it. I don't think most people talk about it. This is the first I've ever talked about it, frankly. I mean, do, it, you, do you hear people talking it sure about looks it? Like a, it sure looks like an information operation to try to get us to attack each other. Hmm. Right. So, so for that, it's effectively one of those two countries' leaders. All right. Uh, Brian, you're on KKOB. Hello. Oh, that was fast. Uh, do you know much about Vladimir Putin? You ever read much up on him? I, I don't. I just know he was, what, former KGB, and he's like the richest man on the planet, and he's going to be president for life, and he rides a horse yeah. without a shirt. I don't know a lot, no. He's basically a mafia don, and he is amongst the richest people in the world. And the Russian government, imagine, to put it in American terms, it's like it's an amalgamation of the CIA, the FBI, and the mafia. It's like they got together, and they decided they were going to take over Russia. And the Magnitsky Act, there's a good podcast about the Magnitsky Act, but basically when when the the oligarchs were taking buying up everything in russia the security forces got concerned and so basically putin was at that time was one of the leaders of the security forces you know they call it their fbi he took the richest oligarch in russia and threw him in prison on trumped up charges and basically stole all of his wealth and then he then he supposedly told all the other oligarchs that were coming up against him and this is the security state of Russia that if you don't play ball with me, I will do the same thing to you. So basically he got cut in on all the action. It's either you play ball with me, give me half of the action, or else I will throw you in prison and take away all your assets. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, part of the game that Putin is playing is he's creating disinformation all over the Western world to destabilize Western governments. That's why we have all this crazy QAnon and conspiracy stuff. They have buildings full of intelligence officers that do nothing except all day pump out false information on the Internet to try and stir up Americans. And it works. Do you, do you think he wanted – hang, hang on. Do you think um, – let me ask you this. Did he take sides in the 2016 or 2020 election? Of course he did. Who did he want? Donald, he hated Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton and other uh, establishment American politicians came up with the Magnitsky Act. And what that does is it makes it very hard for Russian criminals to move their fortunes around the world. Basically, they steal their money from Russia and then they shove it over into Western banks where it can't be touched. Well, some international laws were changed, and the American laws, the Magnitsky Act, so the Russian oligarchs couldn't do that anymore. It made the Russian mafia very mad. That's why Putin did not want Hillary to be president. And just speculating here, uh, I think Donald Trump does treat 
uh, cheat on his taxes. I think Donald Trump is in big debt to many Russian oligarchs that are affiliated with uh, with uh, Vladimir Putin. And uh, to pay off his debt, or maybe Trump couldn't pay his debt, he had to work it off. And to work it off, he did his stunt to be president and just basically kowtow to to Vlad, his good buddy. And uh, well, what it, did let, following along with that? What did Putin get from the Trump uh, presidency? Well, the Clinton Hillary Clinton did not become president. And then supposedly they were angling to try and get rid of the Magnitsky Act. So, so the if, if could move if their money around the world. Hillary Clinton was president, she would have what, seized his wealth or uh she would have put the screws to the Russian oligarchs. Okay. But Trump didn't because he owes them lots of money. Do you and, think he's uh, gonna be indicted next uh this coming week? Yes. You think Trump cheats on his taxes? He cheats on his wives. He cheats on his business partners. You think he doesn't cheat on his taxes? Well, he, he doesn't seem like the, the kind of guy <laughs> that would exaggerate his wealth to get loans or or uh, minimize his income to pay less taxes. I, I don't I don't see him being that guy, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of awkward to cover as a, as a news story if it happens this week. Well, I, here's the problem with this, Jim. Is because that... you can't talk about anything. You can't say, like, the way I would handle it, like, if there was an indictment of the Trump organization this coming week. If? I'm just saying, me personally, I would like to read the report right, and see what it says. But But here's the problem is that... But then... If there's something in there, or you know, or not, I'm assuming there would be stuff in there. If you presented that to people, they would just say that's fake. So you can't even you can't even have a conversation right. anymore about anything because if you don't like it, it's fake. Well, not only that, but it's oh, it, that's the Democrats doing that. Well, no, it's a it's a, it's a prosecutor. They go after people who break the law. They they don't care what the politics are. But if it has to do with Trump, it's always. Oh no, that's it's made up. It's Democrats doing that to him because he never does anything wrong. He treats people amazing. Never cheats on his anything. And a criminal activity. Uh, Joe, you're on. Guilty of. Hey, how are you, brother? I'm I'm sober. What's going on? Well, it seems like you're having a hard time explaining yourself. But you're trying to do it well, and I congratulate you for that. Thanks, Joe. Now, would you like to get into the deep stuff? Uh, why the hell not? All right, let's do it. Here's a new word for you. It's called cum blah blah. It's like blah blah, except it has the cum in it, except it's kumbaya kind of stuff. And here's how I'm having a problem with figuring out why everybody's going out of their way in America to, like, try to divide us instead of unite us. I, You know what unites this country is day drinking. Uh, lots and lots of alcohol. On a Sunday. On a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Ken, you're on KKOB. Hello. Yeah, I was just curious because we, we, we already know that Hunter Biden's up to his ear balls in, in China and uh um, the Ukraine and everything, but we're worried about Trump. 
why not worry about someone that's there now and not what was there then? You know, I don't know. I'm just funny thing. Well, I think we should worry about all of it. Uh, if, if I do, I believe if that Hunter too. Biden broke laws, uh, I think that uh, he, he should be prosecuted. You know, right. I don't think it's going to happen because of the situation. But let's get Trump for every little thing he's done. He was a businessman before he was the president. Biden's been a, 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 a political hack for 47 years. Why don't we talk about that? You know, I mean, it's 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 funny how he's the president now, and we're still worried about Trump. I don't I don't understand it. So. Well, it'll be uh, interesting to see, you know, if stuff comes out, what it is, and if it's. Let me say. If it's in black and white, if it if it's numbers, if it's tax returns, I think they would have to uh, put out the evidence. Now, you can say, well, the, the the it's fake. Okay, so they put out his tax returns as evidence. You can say it's fake. But then would the other side have to come back and say, well, if those are fake, here are the real ones. Can I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This guy's argument was, well, why are we worried about Trump every little thing he does? But that's all Trump worried about when he was in office was Hunter Biden and Hillary Clinton. So if that's the logic. And Obama. You, and Obama. You're, the logic you know. is, you're, I mean, you're not even using your own logic for your guy because that's how he did everything. Yeah. Well, it's not about logic. Uh, Democrats. They're not saints either. By the way, I don't know if you've talked about this because I. What about the Clinton Foundation, Jay? Oh boy, Tony! You don't think that's a big play for play, uh, pay for play operation? Jim, I will walk out of the studio right now. Huh? (laughs) Oh, you you believe in that? What about JFK and all of his mistresses? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. By the way, can I just say this really quick? Sure. Um. Have you talked about Rudy Giuliani getting his law license suspended? I have not. Oh, okay. found that fascinating. Is there anybody out there who really wants to hire Rudy Giuliani as their lawyer these days? I, I got to tell you, I, I can't remember. Uh, maybe 10 years ago I talked to him. When he was endorsing uh, somebody here for something. And at that time, he was uh, very impressive and sharp as a tack. Yeah. And now he's gone round the bend. He's Sunday afternoon day drinking. He is, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there was a long list of people who were wanting to hire him for stuff, but I just find What that, about Bill Clinton? He lost his law license. Right. Well, well you know did. those phone calls are coming. <laughs> well, I'm I'm saying it. He did. I think when when Giuliani was he committed perjury and things, obstruction of justice, whatever. No, yeah. Giuliani's bad crap crazy. He's he is not the Giuliani from 2001. No, he was fantastic in the 80s and 90s. He busted yep. up the mob. He cleaned up New York City. He yep. he uh, got New York through 9-11 spiritually, you know. Yeah. Went to every single uh, fireman funeral. And, I mean, he was a good dude. He was, and then, uh, I don't know, people get mixed up with certain people and something happens. I don't know.
I don't know what I'm trying to say, Jay. Hmm. What I, here's what I'm trying to say. If you need a, a mortgage, Rick the Mortgage Grandfather has been in the building and loan business since 1976. And in that time, he's helped folks realize the American dream of owning a home, and he wants to help you. Get a free quote at whatsyourrate.com. That's whatsyourrate.com. Give him a call and let him help you with your mortgage. Phone number 505-EZR-NEXA, 505-EZR-NEXA, the mortgage, grandfather.com. Close on a new home or refi in two to three weeks. Currently, he's averaged about 15 days. Or the mortgage, grandfather.com. All right, uh, open topics uh, will continue, 505-243-3333. From Las Vegas, Las Vegas to Las, Las Lunas, this is 96.3 News Radio, KKOB. I can't decide if the coom blah blah guy is entertaining or very much not. I will tell you, uh, I have put him on hold and went and picked up the phone to talk to him. And he's still talking? He, he's having a whole conversation with what he thinks is you, but it's it's just... He's listening to the radio right now. Right. Kum blah blah, are you there? Maybe he maybe he passed out. Are you talking to me? He is. Uh, oh, he's smashed. How many minutes is he away from just completely face planning? Oh, he's definitely within eight, ten minutes. So what is this thing you sent me? Q accidentally outed himself, but QAnon followers don't care. From Vice News. So so they did this whole docu-series on QAnon. Vice. Yeah. Okay. And in April, I believe it was a six-part series. And so they were talking to this guy. And while he's giving an answer, he accidentally reveals that he's the one that's been posting all this stuff. Uh-huh. And then he quickly realizes, uh-oh, lo- oh, no, I just gave away my secret identity. And that's this YouTube clip? Yeah, that's the that clip that uh, is, he's sitting at the desk, I believe. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's not a person with top-secret government clearance? Uh, no, it is not, Jim. But the administrator of a fringe website, that is best not- known for boosting Gamergate... Yes. And hosting white supremacist hate speech? Yes. Okay. But the QAnon people don't care. Is this how long is this clip? I have not watched it. Okay. Well I'm not something shocking. Ron hadn't just been participating in Q research. It sounded like he was leading it. Yeah, so thinking back on it, like uh, it's basically it was basically three years of intelligence training teaching Normies, how to do intelligence work. It's basically what I was doing, honestly, before, but never as Q. See that smile? Ron had slipped up. He knew it, and I knew it. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know how far down this rabbit hole I want to go. Oh, it's pretty. it, it was a pretty interesting documentary. Uh-huh. At least the parts I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but just the parts I watched. What the hell is Meow Wolf? I've only been there once, twice, I think. What what is it? Is it like an art thing? Is it is it interactive hoop de doo? Um you walk into a refrigerator and then that refrigerator leads you into another room. That was the cool that was something cool cuz I'd never been so, I don't I don't know. Kind of hard to explain. It's 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 I think it's cool for kids or 
people that are... I just keep hearing, Meow Wolf just created a new beer. Meow Wolf did that. Meow Wolf did that. I don't remember them selling beer when I was there, but it's been a few years. They created a beer with the local brewery. Oh, that's cool. And I don't know what it is. Well, I'll have to try that. All right, uh, open topics will continue. apologize for rambling. 505-243-3333. Traffic every 10 minutes on the 7s for your commute. Only on 96.3 News Radio KKOB. Depend on it. Whew. It's been a Sunday, bro. Uh, open topics till 5. Baba 5, 2, 4, 3, 33, 33. Uh, Irwin uh, wants to talk about Meow Wolf, I guess. Hey, Irwin. Hey, hey, Jim. Remember me? I'm your artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got an artist degree from Stony Brook, but I'm a carpenter. Yeah, uh, I know you. Yeah, yeah. So so I went to Meow Wolf, was it last year, two years ago or something? And basically, it was like guys who were doing that kind of art in the 60s and 70s, like when I was into it. And, you know, like uh, strange type of stuff, you know, environments and things like that, and public art. Uh-huh. And they put it all together in like a, a venue that the one in Santa Fe is actually an old, an old, an old bowling alley. Uh-huh. Okay? So you can imagine the scale of this thing. It's huge. And, and you go in and there's a house there and there's a two-story house. And there's this, everything within this, this, this bowling alley. And uh, that's what they do. They go to places, and I guess it's a brand. And, and they, did a, they did another one. My daughter was telling me, I don't know where. Sounds like Indoor it. Burning Man to me. I don't know. That's exactly what no, it's like, okay. it's more like a fantasy thing. It's the cool. whole thing is based on a fantasy of the, what do they call it, the multiverse, about a family who disappeared down the multiverse. And, and everything you do is like that. It's like, is QAnon you know, involved? Is it? it could be. I mean, it's open. <laughs> it's open, man. It's open. It's weird. All right. But uh, to me, those guys didn't make it in the 60s and 70s. They're all being financed now, so that's cool. <laughs> all right. There you go. Uh, Brian, you're on KKOB. Hello. Yeah, a little bit ago, you were talking about Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. And I just wanted to, uh, you guys are saying, like, what happened to Rudy? How many times has Rudy been divorced now? Like, three times? Uh, yeah. A few. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a bit of a hound dog when it comes to the ladies, isn't he? Doesn't he have that reputation? I I have heard stories, yeah. Right. I mean, most of the men I know that have been divorced at least once or twice. I have a similar reputation, but I've only been I've only been divorced once, three times. Right, but. I mean, three for you? Divorces? No, Rudy. No, oh, Rudy. Rudy Giuliani has been divorced three okay. times. Right, and divorce is the is the express lane to poverty. I mean, most divorced men I know don't have any money because they're divorced. Ah, so you think and, he has uh, money troubles? Yeah, I think he has a lot of money troubles. And then he he cashed in on the Trump cachet, you know, being you know uh, what's that? Uh, power is the greatest aphrodisiac, you know. So he's hanging with the president of the United States you know, big celebrity in Manhattan. So I'm sure he's getting a lot of action from the over 60 set, yeah. you know, cause he's Rudy. Didn't he try to, <laughs> didn't he try to get with that young girl in the Borat movie? I haven't seen it yet. I, I heard about that, it, but yeah, it I was mean, disturbing just, as all get out. That was wild. Right. And then he tried he to let, blame he, it in saying he was just tucking in his shirt. Oh no. Oh no, right. he wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Right. I dumped it. Uh, David, you're on Kiki. B. Hello. 
Hey, Owen, by the way, uh, J.J. Walker, the one time that I was in his immediate proximity, he did not seem to be a very nice person to the people around him. How is it possible that you and I have both had bad experiences with Kid Dynamite? Uh, Just in the cards, man, just in the cards. I hear you. So, uh, L.A. Daily Post, the L.A. Daily Post, you know, the, the, the little L.A., the, the other L.A., uh, Los Alamos, uh, statement from the uh, office of Davis and Gilchrist, P.C., uh, four sentences, four bullet points, CYFD's use of signal text messaging application at the direction of Secretary Blaylock and Department, or Deputy Secretary Locke for official CYFD communication with many discussions set to auto-delete after 24 hours in violation of New Mexico's records, retention, and inspection laws. Mm-hmm. Failure of CYFD to properly manage a multi-million dollar comprehensive child welfare information system project, including non-competitive procurement of CCWIS solution from a California company called Binti at Secretary Blaylock's direction. Secretary Blaylock and Deputy Secretary Locke authorizing contracted employees. Uh, People don't know what this is. A former CYFD employees have filed a whistleblower lawsuit. They talk about a toxic work environment and all kinds of stuff going on over there. Um, Yeah, non-competitive. Non-competitive uh, bidding, yeah, and and they have uh, private contractors doing uh, per- performance appraisals of uh, state employees in violation of state law and policy. And lastly, uh, Blaylock and Locke directing that a specific candidate be advanced through the interview for hiring process in violation of state fair hiring laws and policy. All right, hang on. I got, uh, we got a new story on, uh, on this. Two former high-ranking CYFD employees have filed a whistleblower lawsuit against the agency. They say they were fired after raising concerns over several ethical issues including the controversial use of the department's message disappearing app. News 13's Courtney Allen sat down with that couple today. She joins us with their side of the story. Dean Jess Cliff and Deborah Gilmore, who both have long careers in public relations and child advocacy, were recruited to come here last year to move the department forward. They say when they pointed to things that could be fixed, they were retaliated against. The things that we saw happening inside the organization, when it comes right down to it, they um, they make things harder for kids rather than helping them. Former CYFD employees Cliff and Deborah Gilmore describe the culture at the state agency as toxic. Uh, there's gaslighting. Um, there's sort of passive aggression. Uh, there's moving of goalposts. The couple was recruited here from Washington State in late 2020. Cliff was the agency's spokesman, and Deborah was hired as the agency's director of the Office of Children's Rights. They were fired in May on the same day at the same time. They say in retaliation for blowing the whistle on issues at CYFD. I'm overall just disappointed that this was 
um, what we uprooted our lives to experience. A lawsuit filed today alleges they were unlawfully terminated after raising ethical concerns about CYFD's use of Signal, an app used for official department communication with many discussions set to auto-delete after 24 hours. CYFD Secretary Brian Blaylock told News 13 in April that no communications were deleted that would be subject to New Mexico's IPRA statute. Cliff doesn't believe that. There were entire conversations under threads about legislative strategy and work that are now gone. Uh, Deborah and I both participated in some of those conversations. The couple says Signal was how the department did most of their community. What the hell is Signal? Is that like Snapchats for uh, government workers? I'm going to look it up. That's my guess. <laughs> All right. Communication. Cliff also says there was no training he knew of for CYFD employees to even know what kind of messages would be subject to open records law, and messages weren't reviewed by a professional before deletion. We were right, what, what is this? Signal is a cross-platform centralized encrypted messaging service developed by the Signal Technology Foundation. Uh, users can send one-to-one one -one and group messages, which can include files, and then they disappear. Notes, images and videos, yes. Okay. Isn't that what Snapchat was supposed to be? Yeah, but Snapchat, see, there's a difference. This sounds like it's for business. Snapchat is more for, like, drug dealers and people who cheat on their husbands and wives. Or Junk pics? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, you learn something every day. Uh, open topics uh, go on 505-243-3333. Uh, I don't think anybody should be surprised that uh, there's problems with CYFD. I've been uh, been hearing about this since the uh, since the 90s. I didn't know that they were so hip with the uh, the new technology and these poor people that had to move down here from uh, Washington State that are a little disenchanted with. Uh, for the government of New Mexico. Welcome to New Mexico. They call they it the land of entrapment. There was gaslighting <laughs> and passive-aggressive behavior. Oh, try working in radio. Uh, Bill, you're on KKOB. Hello. Newt, what is up? What's up, Bill? You know, I, uh, two quick things. Um, I can't say what happened, or I have no insight or information on what happened at CYFD is right or wrong or this couple was treated right or wrong. All I can tell you is after 30 years of marriage, um, I never had any desire to go to work with my wife because one of the reasons we've married, we've been married so long is that we had separate employment. If you know what I'm, if you know what I'm saying. No, I hear you. And I, I, I want to, I, 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 I owe you a thank you from like, 30 years ago, and because you've been talking, they've been saying, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, blah, blah, blah. But 30 years ago, the great Nooch said something that still resonates with me and is still true today. Hello? Yeah, what's up? Go on? Yeah. The great Nooch said at the end of the night, he turns his cell phone off and does not turn it on till the next morning because at 2 o'clock in the morning when the cell phone rings, it's not good, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I have been following that uh, rule for the last 30 years that I've been listening to you. And you know what? I'm still alive. The world is still turning. And um, 
I, I owe you, I owe the great Newt a uh, thanks, uh, thanks for that. All right, Open Topics will continue, 505-243-3333. This is where New Mexico comes to talk. 96.3 News Radio KKOB. Depend on it. 47 minutes after the hour, so we started off the show talking about your uh, your son. And this is a hard day for you on what would have been his 18th birthday. I just uh, want to know how you're doing with all this today. I'm all right. You know, uh, does talking I, about it help? It does. Um, you know, when my son passed away, I I didn't think I needed to talk to anybody. Thought I could handle it all on my own. Yeah, because you're a man, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And I found myself. I'm, I'm hip to that emotion. I found so me and my son used to think that the Charmin commercials were, um, you know, the, the the mama bear or the dad bear, whoever it is, and they, they're just like acting like wiping their butt with Charmin. Was the, my son yeah. just thought that was the funniest commercials? They ever. were well done commercials. As much as I don't like bathroom stuff, yeah, yeah. Well, so one they were very happy bears. Yeah, this was about a year after he had passed away, mm-hmm. and I was living in Hawaii. And it was a Friday night, and a, com- a commercial came on. And I don't know why. I like I started cry, cried all night, cried all Saturday, cried all Sunday. Came back to work, and my co my my partner that I worked with said, "You need to see somebody." And uh, she really kind of strong armed me into going to see a therapist, and it was the best decision. Ooh, I booty smile. I got a booty smile. You got a Charmin booty smile. Oh yeah. So what are you talking about? <laughs> Just the commercials are so ridiculous. Hey. <laughs> Who doesn't like a charming booty smile? Right, yeah. right. So the commercial triggered you, and <clears throat> and you know, so over the years, seeing you know, going and seeing a therapist three times a week, and you know, uh, for a couple of years, really, really helped me. And now I, I've it helps me to talk about it. I still have rough days. I still have sad days because I think losing a kid is. I've had family members that have passed away, and that's sad. But losing a kid is it's a whole yeah, other level. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, so. Uh, just uh, wrapping up uh, the news and clearing off my desk here. Uh, Portland finally did set uh, an all-time uh, record high temperature. Although uh-huh. I lived there for a year and a half, it barely got, you know, into the 80s in the summer. People don't have air conditioning up there most places because it right. doesn't get hot. Does it get humid during the summer? Not bad, not bad, oh. but. Go right to Joseph uh, Dames. We hit this, well, short, about an hour ago, wasn't it, that we, we hit this uh, record high? Yeah, right around 6 p.m. there. 108. That's wow. the all-time high. Yeah, before that was 107, Wayne. Uh, you could feel it out there. I mean, I just want to note that we should be about the mid-70s. We are way above. Yeah, their normal temperature this time of year is mid-70s. Like, 80s is hot for these people. Average. It's an abnormal stretch of very hot weather, and that's why we are going with a heat wave over the next couple of days. Extended period of time where temperatures are going to be above 90 degrees into the triple digits. We're going to spend a few hours now still in the triple digits. But yes, all time record high temperature here in Portland and probably a few other locations. We'll talk about that. Uh, June 26, 2021. Wow, that's crazy. Like where I grew up it, it, during the summer. It's 112 degrees to 115, 116 degrees. How far do you think Lake Mead is down from its high-level watermark? 100 feet. 140 feet. 
getting more and more shallow at Lake Mead with water levels at historic lows. Two decades of drought are to blame for this. And 13 Action News reporter Bree Guy went down to Lake Mead and Hoover Dam where efforts are underway to conserve our water supply. The effects of decades-long drought can be seen clearly on the shores of Lake Mead. In fact, where I am standing now is a boat launch ramp that has been closed because of low water levels. Imagine a time when you could launch all the way up there. Wow. Sometime this week or late this week, we'll, we'll hit elevation about 1071 above mean sea level, and that's the lowest the reservoir has been since it was filled back in the late 1930s. End of the world talk. Uh, Daniel, you're on KKOB. Hello. Hi, I'm not a huge fan of anything genetically modified, but uh, I think I know why people believe QAnon. In 2016, the personal email of John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's chief of staff and friend, was leaked, and WikiLeaks leaked the emails where John Podesta attends spirit dinners with no insaneness, and Hillary Clinton talks about sacrificing chickens to pagan gods. Chickens. And, you know, the Clintons are friends with Epstein. And so there's just a lot of things that are so questionable. Was so, you know was, I mean? so was Trump. Oh, yeah. So was Bill well. Gates. He wasn't flying on the plane 20 times and getting back rubs. Okay. Because he had his own But uh, hey. the thing is, though, is just, there's just too many things questioned about it, and then we're still waiting to hear about it. So I, th I think it's interesting, but, I mean, is the government involved in a big satanic cult? I don't know. Uh, hey. I like when people just say, well, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, is it possible? I don't know. Is it possible the government was behind the 9-11 attacks? Yeah. I don't know. Is Big J a worshiper of Satan? <laughs> I, you know, know. I can't say for sure. It, it, it doesn't say. matter that there's absolutely <clears throat> zero proof, uh -huh. but because they've associated someone who's a piece of garbage, or because they associate with someone who doesn't have the same religious beliefs as you do, uh -huh. now they're a bad person. Whether... You know, because if you take Satan, for example, yeah. this is going to be horrible to say, but just because for they don't example, what, what you believe in doesn't make them a bad person. Yeah. What do you think about the John McAfee situation? Here's his widow. Just not suicidal. If he was not suicidal, I spoke with him a few hours before he was found dead. We spoke about the court's decision to extradite him to the U.S. It did not come as a surprise to either of us. We were prepared for that decision and had a plan of action already in place to appeal that decision. I blame the U.S. authorities for this tragedy. Because of these politically motivated charges against him, my husband is now dead. His last words to me were, I love you and I will call you in the evening. Those words are not words of someone who is suicidal. All Joe wanted to do was spend his remaining years fishing and drinking. He did uh, who wouldn't want to do that? Not deserve to die in a filthy prison like a caged animal. All right. Uh, yeah. Is this a clean joke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. You'll see. So, so your uh, Charmin bear commercial toilet paper. So uh, the bear and the rabbit in the woods and the oh, bear. Oh, I know this joke. You can't tell this joke. Yes, you can. The way I I know how to do it and, and make it G-rated. Does does the does stuff stick to your fur? I know the joke. I, I don't want to tell it on the air. I don't want to tell it on the air. But I appreciate the uh, the effort. 
Uh, the uh, death toll is uh, obviously rising in the uh, Florida building collapse. So we're cutting a deep trench to assist us. It's now 125 feet in length into the pile. It's 20 feet wide and 40 feet deep. Now this trench is very critical to the continuation of the search and rescue process. Uh, we, we've continued all night to build that, um, that trench and as a result of that we were able to recover four additional bodies in the rubble as well as additional human remains. As of today one victim passed away in the hospital and we've recovered eight more victims on site. So I am confirming today that the death toll is at nine. We've identified four of the victims. Okay, now if 150 people are still missing. Yeah, that's rough. Do we assume that the death toll is 159? I mean, I mean, just the, the sheer terror of going through that and then surviving. How do you come back like to now, normal now life they after did find didn't they find people nine eleven after nine eleven after days and days that were I think it was a few days a few days they yeah. were trapped under yeah yeah was that a uh the the Nicolas Cage movie about nine eleven where he was a fireman and he was trapped was that supposedly based on a true story or no do we I'm, know i'm not, I'll look it up real quick yeah that was a good movie by the way. Uh, while you're looking that up, I'll play some more of the uh, Charmin Bears. Charmin Ultra Soft is softer than ever. Enjoy the go with Charmin. You make me cry, Jim. I'm sorry. My son, I don't know why my son used to think it was they were the funniest commercials. Because they're, they're when, funny. I mean, when, I'm not, you know. But he thought they were funny because he realized they were talking about. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, when you're 11, 12 years old, that's it's funny. funny humor to a little boy. Exactly. Uh, Frank, you're on. Go ahead. Do you guys remember the weapons of mass destruction from Cheney and uh, George Bush? And that came out true. Uh, it, remember? You guys remember? Weapons it, it, of mass destruction was repeated over and over and over and over again. I thought it came out to not be not. Find, yeah, there was nothing there. They did there. not find any weapons yeah. of mass destruction. I but understand. how many people were killed over that of a false weapons of mass destruction? All right. No, I'm with you. I talked about it at the time. I thought it was BS. All righty. Thank you all for your uh, participation. Thank you, Big J, for uh, all your work. And uh, we'll be back uh, next Saturday and Sunday from 2 to 5. I think I'm uh, doing Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week from 1 to 3. Oh, you're in luck because I'm bringing the general manager some chicken wings, so I'll bring you in some on uh, Tuesday if you're here. I'm I'm down for wings. Garlic Parmesan? I can do garlic Parmesan. All right. Hook me up. Okay. I got you.